Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want y'all to preach with me. If you want to honor me tonight, just praise the Lord while I'm preaching. That'll be the greatest thing you can do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm excited for what God's already done today. Amen. And we're just looking forward to what He's going to do tonight. Amen. You can sit for a minute if you want. Um, I just want to say a few things. I, uh, some, I don't know what, which, what chapter are we on, guys? Nine now? Eight, nine? Going ready to go into eight. So it's actually been nine weeks since we first started because church camp, why, we didn't have it. Nine weeks ago, when we started in our group, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, I was privileged to do the first one. And I think that first one stirred everybody up. And I think we've been stirred through the whole thing. Every week has been a journey and something that we could all, I think, talk about. But I won't forget because something stirred up in me. Something from way years ago. And Brother Freddie, you was the one that stirred that up because you brought up something that you you said something that stirred me up. We got to talking about prayer, and this whole thing has been about prayer, really. To stir us up on prayer and revival. And getting things going in our church. And I don't know. I I don't know what. I don't even remember what was said that night. But I I won't forget the words. Brother Freddie spoke up and he said. We're not desperate enough. Sister McGee. You'll remember many, many years ago. We had been to Brenda's. And we come back through Kentucky because we had a... In Zion Apostolic Church in Providence, Kentucky, we had an anniversary service to minister. My son was going to meet us there, and I was to do the morning, and he was going to do the afternoon service. Something I'd prayed about and never... And uh, first time I'd ever got to... You know, team up together. And it was such, it was a special time. It was really a special time. And in the motel room that night, I didn't know what I was going to preach. And the Lord started stirring me up. And he gave me a message that I would preach. I don't know how many times I can't tell you where all I've preached it. Because when the Lord gave me that sermon, he said, preach it wherever you can. It's needed right now. And at that time, it was needed. But Brother Freddie, after, after nine weeks ago, when I went home, I didn't sleep good that night. Because the Lord brought it back to my memory again and again. Started to stir in my mind and my spirit. And he said, it's needed again. So I said, okay, Lord. So I'm going to tell you, this has been laying around for some time now. But I picked it up again. Because I felt it was needful. Because in that first, that first, Reading that first chapter. And this come back to me and I. Jim Bella said, I despaired at the thought. Despair. Everybody said despair. Despair. That's just part of being desperate. 
He said, I despaired at the thought that my life might slip by without seeing God show himself mighty on our behalf. And that stirred me up. He said, one day I told the Lord that I would rather die than merely tread water throughout my career in the ministry. Always preaching about the power of the word and the spirit, but never seeing it. I abhorred the thought of just having more church service. I hungered for God to break through in our lives and in our ministry. Shortly after that, the Lord spoke to him when he was on a little trip. And said this, if you and your wife will lead my people to pray and call upon my name. You will never lack for something fresh to preach. I will supply all the money that's needed, both for the church and for your family. And you will never have a building large enough to contain the crowds that I will send in response. So tonight, I'm stirred up again. And I'm going to preach this one more time, and I feel like it's going to be even maybe more because, once again, I feel like the Lord said to preach it wherever you can because this is the time. So I'm going to turn to St. Luke chapter 19 in your hearing, first of all. St. Luke chapter 19, starting at verse number 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. He was rich. Everybody said he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. Oh, I like that. Sought to see Jesus, who he was. And could not for, everybody said the press. Say the press. Let's shout the press. Because he was little of stature. But James, it's all right to be short. Sister Malin, it's all right to be short. Sister McGee, it's all right to be short. And he ran. Hey, if after I get through with this, you're going to like this story. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree. He climbed up in a coffin tree. That's what they made coffins out of. To see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came, oh, like this, to the place, he looked up. It's something when you can get Jesus to look up to you. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus, he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Now allow me to turn to St. Mark chapter 10. And I want to start at verse number 46. Another familiar story. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside, the highway side begging. And he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. And he began to cry out and say, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Oh my goodness. When you can get Jesus to stand still. You've done something. And commanded him to be called. 
My goodness. Jesus didn't only stand still, but he gave him a call. The blind man saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, the blind man, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, I re might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately, and immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Lord, I thank you for your word. Because, Lord, your word is already anointed. I feel it in here tonight, God. Oh, Lord, you move tonight. Touch lives in this place. Change lives. Bring families together and church family together. God, that we can have the revival that's been promised. I stand on it tonight, Lord. In that lovely name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can be seated. I'm going to preach on this subject, the cry of desperation. Everybody said the cry of desperation. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I began to take a look. And uh, the word means, desperation means without care of danger in the dictionary. Extreme, violent. And if we want to look at it farther, and if we want to look at it to the word, in the Greek it means the throg, the rabble. The, the rioting bunch, the multitude. And I'm going to say that this, this, this desperation that we're talking about tonight, I believe it's this in my own words. Lord, I thank you for what you have done. But I'm desperate for what you can do. I've seen what he can do. I've read about it in Scripture, what he can do. There's no doubt the Bible said that all things are possible with him. There is no impossibilities with God. And I believe that we've come to this place, you know, that in this generation, if we're not careful, we're not desperate enough, Brother Freddie. I think that we have tried to fit God into our schedules. Amen. But instead, Jesus commanded us to take up our cross and follow him. Daily. Everybody said daily. Not as it fits in our schedule, but daily thing. This is a daily walk. It's a daily thing that we got to do is serve our God. Hallelujah. Haggai at 2 and 9 says the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former saith the Lord of hosts. I believe we have looked at things in our day and at the circumstances that we're living in, and rather than God that we serve, we've looked at everything else around us. And if we're not careful, those things that we look around at distract us from what really is important. Oh, Brother Mason and I didn't ask each other what we was going to preach, but I, it's kind of almost on the same line. And that's all right. It ought to be. Hallelujah. But we have looked at all the circumstances, and we've, we've looked at the times that God has spoken to this church and, and promised revival, and it's not happened like we ever thought it would. So, so we've took a look at it, and we've said, how can revival come to us? 
What can we do to cause revival in our hour? Yet Jeremiah 32 and 27, he said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I'm going to tell you, revival don't come through our programs. Hallelujah. Because a program is a prepackaged, manageable, predictable reproduction of what worked for somebody somewhere. But I don't want to get in that place that I don't have a place for God to move in the church. I don't want to get so caught up in my program that I can't give a place for God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. I want to say this. I'm going to tell you, God has taken care of me. I began to think about it the other night, Sister McGee. And I thought, you know, if God can take care of me, amen, serving him for 66 years and I'm still here, he can take care of you too. Come on. I received the Holy Ghost who was baptized when I was nine years old. I'm telling you, there's nothing that my God can't do. I'm not supposed to be standing up here at three years old. I should have been dead. But I had a mama that had never served God before. I had a backslidden father that had been in church. And when they took me to Wabash General Hospital, Amen. At three years old, ambulance come and got me. And they, they didn't have this stuff now. You know, it was the funeral. It was the hearse I rode in. Come on, I said it was the hearse I rode in. But I wasn't riding it to my death. Because of God, because of Mama, she said, while I was laying out a hospital bed, they wasn't sure where I was going to make it or not. My eyes rolled back in my head. I had rheumatic heart and scarlet fever together when they picked me up off of my bed. Amen. The skin was laying right there where it was at because of high fever. They didn't think I was going to make it. But Mama said, dear God, if you will heal my son, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And Mama stayed good to that promise to the very end. I'm telling you what God can do. There ought to be a cry of desperation in this day. I need God. I need to see a healing. I need to see a miracle. God, you're real, and you can do it. Woo, glory. Woo, glory. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. There's something moving in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you can tell it's been a while. This is paper written on it. It didn't come from a computer. I've had it a while. It's worn. It's written all over. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the cry of desperation. I'm looking for some desperate people tonight. Come on. I said I'm looking for some desperate people. I'm looking for some people that get desperate. Jim Sambella built a church with people that were desperate. They become desperate enough. They began to pray. They started a choir. Now you know it's a Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. That's how you know it. Started out as a little choir. God began to move on them. They started prayer even in choir. Had their little choir prayer before. They started choir, and sometimes they never done any singing. It was all worship. Come on. And today, and they've wrote songs and put them. They've got, they've got CDs and everything else out with a wife that had never, ever knew how to read music. Come on. Hear, hear me tonight. I'm telling you, there's a cry of desperation going on. Let it happen in this church. Come on. Let it happen here. Let's get a cry of desperation going on. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want you to know, I want you to know that this little man, hey man, Zacchaeus, climbed up in a, a coffin tree. Uh, he, but I want to tell you something, that tree wasn't there by mere chance. Glory. It was, it was there by divine order. 
many years ago, there was a seed that fell. And the Lord sent his angels to guard the seed for this day. Because he knew Jacchaeus was going to need this tree. He knew a little short guy that couldn't see Jesus. Else he climbed the tree of desperation. We need some people that's ready to climb the tree of desperation. If that's what I got to do to see him, then I want to do that. If that's what I got to do to feel him, that's what I want to do. If that's got what I got to do to make him have a trip to my house, then that's what I want to do. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The angels guarded that seed for this day, for this very purpose. He's he seen this man of desperation on this day. <laughs> Glory. See, whether you know it or not, you're not, you're not here by accident. It's not an accident that God placed you here. You were planted here. And there's been some watering going on. There's been some praying going on. <laughs> Woo, glory. <laughs> I want to tell you, if Zacchaeus had not climbed the tree that day, he would have missed revival at his house. Did you see? This little old guy, he's rich. The Bible says he's rich. I don't know. I thought he might have had a $400 suit. You know, I can see him, you know. All he can do is think about Jesus. I've heard about him. I've heard about the miracles. Come on. People's talking about him. I've not seen him for myself, but today I'm going to see him. So here we go. He's desperate. He's climbing the tree. Come on. You know what? We need some people that's willing to climb the tree of desperation. See, to climb up, sometimes you got to get out. Yeah, before there's climbing, there's got to be a prayer time. If you want to climb up higher, it's going to start right here at the altar. But we got to be desperate about it. Come on. It's got to be more than a five-minute prayer. I came over here yesterday. I don't know what time I got home, but it was in the afternoon. I, we went and ate and come back. And my wife said, because I thought when I come over here, I'm just going to be there a little while. I'm not, not going to be there long, dear. How about, I'll be back. We'll do something. It's too late, and I got back to do anything. You know why? Because I got desperate. Saying, God, I haven't preached this thing for years, Lord. I know what the anointing was that time. I know there wasn't hardly a dry eye in the place. And I know there was people. The altar was filled. I remember that. God done a great work through that, through the message. Not, I was only a, just a little part of that. He gives it, and I try to produce it, and it's hard to do. I'm not a very good producer. I got down to business, and I started, I thought, well, I'm going to pray a little bit. So I did. I prayed a little bit. Then I prayed a little bit more. And next thing on, I prayed a lot. Because I thought, you know what? God, what it's going to take to make this message is you to be behind it. What it's, what it's going to take for a stir in our church of revival, of desperation, it's going to be in my lap. And after Brother Mason this morning, and I got to follow that up. Come on, church. I'm desperate. I'm desperate for a move of God. I'm desperate for a revival. I'm desperate for my family to be back in here sitting around. I've got daughters that's out. They need to be sitting in this place. I've got nieces and nephews. You've got children and people that used to sit under the sound of our voice. I'm saying, I'm desperate for you, God. I'm desperate for you to move in my family. Sister Sam, Brian has said under the sound of my voice and ministered many times. 
Your daddy has said under the sound of my voice. He said under the sound of pastor's voice. I haven't forgot that. I'm, but I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I want him to sit under it one more time. Only this next time, Sister Sam, I want him to be touched by it. I'm sorry. I'm tired of church services when we preach a message and nobody's moved. I'll tell you what happened in Brooklyn Tabernacle. Somebody got desperate. And they went to the pastor and said, Hey, while you're out preaching to all these people, you need somebody praying. So now they've got a group that prays 24 hours a day. Even while the preacher's preaching, there is a group in the back that's in their own little room, and they're having church for the pastor. I said, we got to get desperate. We need to do more than back our preacher. We need to worship while he's worshiping. Come on, while he's preaching, we need to help him preach. I'm desperate for that again. I remember in the first church, some of you there, I don't know how many were there can't tell you who all was there then. But it's been many years ago. Brother Homer, Madden. I don't even know what I was preaching that night. But Brother Homer is kind of a person. He didn't move a lot. He backed you, amen, but he, he wasn't a person to move. I will never forget, Brother Reddy. In the middle of a message one night, Brother Homer got up. And you know, in that first church, there wasn't a lot of places to walk. And he started coming for a platform. Oh, well, he's going to take over. I'll just move aside. So I moved aside. He said, Brother McGee, I said, take a walk. Come on, that's the start of something. That's the start of something. All that people is waiting on is for somebody to move. For somebody to do something. For somebody to get happy. For somebody to say, I'm desperate. I'm desperate, God. I gotta have a move of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Said the day I gotta see him. Let me tell you, it was in the press that he done this. Everybody said the press. I said it was in the press that he'd done this. Zacchaeus had to find him someplace to see. He couldn't see for the people. There was too many. So he climbed the tree of desperation. He said, I'm going to see him one way or the other. Today is my day. I've got a chance. He threw the $400 coat away, and he probably took the old tie off and threw the tie clasp and said, it's enough. I'm going to see him today. can't have all this old junk of climbing up a few steps and dropping back through. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Right. We can't be lazy about this. Right. Well, come on. If you got to lighten the load, lighten the load. Yes. If there's things in your way, get them out of the way. Yes. Get desperate. Yes. So he climbed the tree. said, it's the press, but I'm going to press my way through. Let me, let me tell you something. There is always going to be something in your way to get to him. You're going to have to fight your way through. 
You're going to have to get on your work clothes to get it. I'm going to have to borrow her boots so I can climb the tree. You may have to put on your boots. Come on. You may have to wade through some things. Come on. I said there's some troubles and things and trials that you may have to wade through. But if you're going to make it, you're going to have to get desperate and say, I don't care what it takes. Brother Mike, I don't care what it takes to get Sister Brenda's healing. I'm wading through this mess, and I'm going to get healing for my wife. Jesus, you, you never know what you're going to have to go through to get your family healed. Year or so ago, my wife and I went through a big ordeal. She'd been walking on a broken hip, and I didn't even know for how long. She kept hollering, "I'm in pain." And we took her, to the, you know, we went, we went, tri-state orthopedic, and they took X-rays and said, "Well, you need you need a hip replacement. Hip replacement's three months down the road." You know the story. You watch Sister McGee walk around here with a walker in pain all the time. Couldn't hardly stand it. She got in so much pain I had to take her to the emergency room. They took another test and another, you know, x-ray. and that Hips in bad shape. Nobody's ever worried about it broken. But when I got close enough to the surgery that they was going to do, we took her back. And this doctor, I won't forget it, Sister McGee. It's just, just took her back and run her through a CAT scan. And that guy come out of there, and he was mad. He kicked out through them doors of walking. He come back, and he said, I wonder who done this. So what are you talking about? She said, well, you said I'm bad shape. How bad shape? He said, you've been walking around on a broken hip, and nobody caught it. I'm telling you, Sister McGee and I had to get desperate through this. She had a big old hematoma this big on the left hip. The wound back quit. Battery powered. No, no bad. You couldn't put batteries. It's one of them throwaway things. And we throw, we throwed it away. Made three trips to emergency room. Sat in the kitchen with a bucket under her. I finally said, dear, we might as well just let it bleed out. So we sat in there in the chair, and she sat on the chair, and we just sat there and talked and while it bled and bled and bled till it finally slowed down, put a bandage on, and took her to the emergency room one more time. Come on, church. I'm telling you, what I'm trying to get across, if I can get this across somehow, you got to wade through some things. It's not always easy. It's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to watch your wife bleed, you know. But that old blood had to go. I'm going to tell you, there's some of you sitting in here, that old blood, you need to get rid of it. Come on. You need to let it run. Come on. We got to get desperate for revival. We got to get desperate for a move of God. Got to get desperate for people to get the Holy Ghost. Got to get desperate for people to be baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, glory. Hey, desperation brought Jesus to Zacchaeus' house. Who cares what people think? Come on, if it'll cause Jesus to come to your house, who cares? Come on. If getting desperate brings Jesus to your house, thank God. I don't know. Brother Reese, I may have to go out and just pray for novella. If that's what it takes, then I'm desperate. Sister McGee, if this is what it takes, it's prayer. You and I are desperate. I want to see the kids back in here. I want to see the grandkids back in here. Brother Freddie, I want to see your brothers and I want to see your sister back in here. I want, come on, I want to see it. 
But I'm desperate. I'm ready to see your sister back in here. I pray for little Sarah every day. That's right. I'm praying for you too. Thank you. She's helping me worship. We got to get desperate about some things. If you're desperate to see pastor preach better than he ever has, if you'll start praying, it'll happen. He won't, he'll say, man, what happened around here? There's some desperation going on. Maybe there's a crowd back in the back praying for him while he's preaching. Maybe while people's walking to the altar, there's people back there who are desperate saying, come on, God, bring them through. Bring them through the doors. Come on, God. Touch Mount Carmel. Turn it upside down. Come on, God. Do it. Do it, God. Sister Maddie, I'm about desperate. I'm, I'm just waiting for the day that Daddy comes through that door and the biscuit rolls all the way to the front of the altar. Honey, I'm desperate. I want to see it happen. Oh, woo, glory. I don't want him to stop till he hits the altar. Start speaking in tongues. Jesus. Hey, desperation brought Jesus to Zacchaeus' house. Oh. If you dare to climb the tree of desperation, you may not have to invite Jesus. He just may come. Jesus, was that you? Yeah, today I'm going to spend day at your house. You what? I can see him. Oh, yeah. Jesus is coming to my house. How many of you would like him to visit you? I'm telling you, if you get desperate, he may invite himself. He may, he may just come himself, uninvited. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's in the press. I said it's in the press. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, but he could not for the press. The crowd, the rioters, the, all the other people who want to see him. But he finally got Jesus to come to his house. Hallelujah. Now let's talk about the other guy in our scripture, in Mark. Blind Bartimaeus. He had a heart of a child. You know, you ever notice in church a baby don't care to interrupt service? When they're hungry, they cry. I don't care who cares. So, I'm hungry. They don't care. They don't care what, oh, I was trying to listen. Well, that's all right. I'm hungry, so they don't care. They don't care if. You hear them cry because they're desperate. They're at the place of desperation. Now, sometimes it's, it's what we see. To Zacchaeus, it was a very special person that he wanted to see. He'd heard about, probably even dreamed about, but he wanted to see him today. Bartimaeus, he was almost in that same place he couldn't see. 
He was blind. The reaction of the people that were around him. They said, Bartimaeus, shh, this is Jesus. But the Bible said he cried all the louder. Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't care. He couldn't see. He couldn't see all the faces frowning at him. You hear? I said sometimes it's what you see. It's sometimes it's when you're in that place of desperation and you have to look at somebody and they're giving you a dirty look. Well, who does she or he think they are? That ain't nothing but showing off. Well, if I can show off Jesus, then just you might as well get ready because I'm going to do it. Come on. If I can dance for Jesus, then you might as well get ready because I'm going to do it. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what my neighbor says. I'm going to dance for Jesus. Come on. I'm going to give him all I've got. I may not have much left, but I'm going to give him all of it. There's a cry of desperation on the inside of me, and it's got to come out. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. This poor seat's been used of everything. This has been Ed before. That's a witness between the Jews. You remember that? They built the rock pile in Joshua. And then, you know, it was for a witness. And then it's been God's seat. He still sits on the stage. But tonight it's going to be a little different. Slipped to that was he was getting rid of his outer garment. But I read a commentator that I like the best. And if you notice, there was actually, and Matthew says there was two of those blind men. How come Bartimaeus is the only one ever to ever ask about? How, how come he's the one that hits the pages? One commentator took it this far and he said. He wasn't a poor beggar. He was, his parents brought him and set him there every day. Once you catch this, he was sitting there begging for somebody else. He wasn't even using the own money. He had on a garment that set him aside from all the other beggars. I don't know, but I like this. There's only one commentary I've read that was like that, and I love it. I keep going back to it. He was sat there begging for somebody else until Jesus passed by. This was his ticket. And the Bible said that when he began to holler that Jesus stood still. He said, shut up. Shh. He said, no, it's all right. Bring him here. I don't know. It might have been cupping, you know, money in the cup. I've already seen it. My place of prominence, I'm leaving behind. Come on. I got a rich daddy. But I don't need my daddy anymore. I've got another daddy. Today I'm desperate. Jesus is passing by. I ain't going to need that stuff no more. Come on. <laughs> Woo! Come on, church. You got to get desperate. 
you got to pull off your old belongings. And you got to throw them away because Jesus passed by and there's a brand new suit awaiting you. I'm going to put on the linen ephod. I want to be ready to dance. Woo, glory. I want to shout a little bit. Come on. I, have, I haven't seen before. you got to understand. I've never even seen the seat I sat on. I didn't see what color my garment was. I didn't know what my cup looked like. But today I can see. I can visualize. It was a cry of desperation. See, you knew, I got to tell you something. Before he cast away his garment, before he was healed, this must have been his mindset. I'll do whatever it takes to get my need met today. This may be the last time he'll pass. God, God, get a hold of us. This could be, tonight could be the last, last time he's going to pass this way. I'm desperate tonight for what, um, what I need. God, I'm desperate for, I'm desperate for a move of God. I'm desperate for a healing tonight, God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. No matter what's going on. I don't care whatever it takes. I'm going to get his attention. No matter what it takes, how far I got to go, how I got to act, I'm going to call on his name. Hallelujah. See, if it takes, if we're going to have revival and you got to move into the fast lane, get in there, honey. Come on. You've seen those people who want to get in that show-off lane, and they, come on, they put that floor, you know, and pass you up like you blow you off the road. Glory. Sister McGee has seen, we seen them doing that. We was going to Kentucky and on the interstate. And I thought, well, I'm running pretty good. I was running 75. I thought, okay, I'm doing pretty good. And they're going, choom, choom, choom. Told Sister McGee, I said, well, choom, choom, choom. Might as well, might as well spice it up a little bit. So I spiced it up a little bit to about 80. <laughs> then I was going, phew. Maybe sitting still. Thought, mm. Maybe spiced it up a little too much. So I hit the coast button. You know what? I'm looking for a church that gets so into it that they're passing everybody up. <laughs> Somebody gets excited and says, hey, I'm going to take me a little run. Yeah, yeah, come on. I'm going places. I'm going to get excited about this. I'm desperate for revival. I'm desperate to see somebody run. I'm desperate to see somebody run. While I'm preaching, I'm desperate for somebody to run. Don't just stand there. Get busy. Run. not desperate enough. I said, I'm desperate to see somebody run while I'm preaching. I'm desperate. I guess I'm done, huh? Whew, glory. See, Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus could have been thinking the light. They could have both been thinking, you know, this could be our last time. This could be our last chance. There may not be another chance to come our way like this. So we better take advantage. We better get desperate. I'm going to tell you, when, when desperation gets a hold of you, you start acting funny. 
You start stepping out and do the things that seems completely absurd to you. Because you're desperate. Oh, I'm desperate for revival. We need to get desperate for revival. Jacob got, Jacob got desperate. I'm just bringing out. I'm, I'm not going there. But Jacob got desperate. So he, he thought he'd just sleep over here by all by himself little self that night. He sent everybody else over the brook. Because he's going to go beat Esau, and he didn't want. So he, he's, he's, he's there. And they're wrestled with him, the Bible said, an angel. Till the breaking of the day. And I began to think about that. Brother Mason, you know, the kind of the guy I am, I think, real small and, you know, little things. And I thought, you know, how come it was in the morning? And that angel said, God turned me loose. He said, well, what's your name? So why you ask after my name? He said, I want to know your name. said, besides that, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. That's how desperate he was. Angel touched his thigh and threw it out of joint. He couldn't move, but he didn't let loose. He was desperate. James, even the man you are, with all of that strength you've got in you, I'm telling you, when Jacob that angel, he said, I ain't turning you loose, buddy. You can't kick me off. You can't do it. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to hold you until the day breaks. He said, hey, 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 what'd you say? The day, hey, the day's breaking. Do you understand? I've got to go get, i got to go get my orders from the Lord. The angel, come on. He said, I've got, I've, you, you got to let me go. The day's breaking. It's time for me to go get my orders for the day. So the Bible said he blessed him there because of his desperation. And he didn't only receive a blessing, he received a new name. They didn't call him Jacob no more, but Israel. He who rules as God. That's what it means. I'm trying. I'm, 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 about to, I'm about to close it out here. See, there was a woman in the New Testament. In Mark 25, and I don't have to go there, but you, you all know the story. Starting at verse 27. Read through 28, 25. Well, you could actually read 25 through 28 anyway. That woman had an issue of blood she'd had for 12 years. She'd grown weak. Brother Mason, she'd spent everything she had, and the Bible said, yet yeah, grew worse. I was hoping there's a little girl here tonight, but she's not here. I was going to make an old lady out of her real quick. You can tell Carly what she missed. I began to think about it. Probably some big old dudes in that crowd. One. There was probably some Reese's in there. And, huh? There were some Brother Ethan's in there and Brother Mason's in there. And there was some there were some Brother James in there and some Brother Mike's in there and Brother Freddie's in there. But she said. I've heard about him. And I know if I could only touch the him, just the him of his garment, I'll be healed. And she's measuring it up, said, yeah, but how am I going to get there through this crowd? Bible, I can see her. She's been over. Hey, she's been this way 12 years. 
I can see her. Move over, sister. Move over, brother. I don't know. She might have to stop and put her hands on her knees for a while. Probably in pain like you've been in, Sister McGee. Might have been a might have been a Zach in her way. She had to say, "Big boy, you move over a little bit. Come on, huh? You know why? Because she was desperate. She said, "Today I'm going to receive my healing. Today I'm going to touch the hem of His garment." I may not be able to touch him, but if I could only touch something that he's touching. She didn't say, I want to touch his hand. She didn't say, I want him to lay his hands on me and pray for me. She said, I just want to touch the him. Because if I can touch something that's touching him, that's good enough. That power will flow through that garment. And I'll be made whole. I'll be healed. Of my issue. By the way, Jacob had a hemp, a limp the rest of his wife life. He had to halt upon that thigh, the Bible said. It was hurting. He's still feeling it. But what guess what? He had an encounter with the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, if you have a real encounter with the Lord, it'll make a mark on you. You'll act different. You'll worship different. You'll run. You'll pray different. You'll witness different. You'll preach different. Oh, oh glory. You may worship a little longer. See, your worship may be marked now by the desperation after that cry. You worship a little longer. You worship a little harder. You pray a little longer. You pray a little harder. You praise a little louder. Desperation gets hold of you. And it's in the press. Brother Mason, you can come. I'm getting right close. I know I'm already in the red. I'm sorry. Talk to you real serious now. I ended this this way because there's some of you in here that's got issues and you need to get rid of them. And then you're going to have to be desperate to get rid of those issues. I've never seen an issue that anybody's had that's been easy to get rid of. You've got to work on it. If there's an issue in your way to get to heaven, Tonight's the night to get rid of that. And you can sit there and you can look at somebody else all you want and think, well, that's not me. But I'm going to tell you, I believe there's issues that every one of us have got that we need to get rid of. There's some things we need to get out of the way. Come on, if blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus and Jacob, and the woman with the issue of blood, if they all had issues, then we got issues. What's it going to take tonight for you? What are you going to do about your issue? Are you going to get desperate about it? I hope it, what I hope it does, it brings us to church Instead of 10 minutes early to pray, Brother Freddie, an hour. Like we used to in the second church, and we'd get down in that prayer meeting in the basement, and the ladies got upstairs, and, and, it, and there had to be something happening in the sanctuary with people below praying, people above. When we started coming down, we started going up the steps as we did, and the, men, the ladies started coming down. We met, and church was already happening. You know what it was? It was desperation. It was because we was desperate for a move of God. And we said, I don't care what it takes. If I have to get there early, then I'll get there half hour early. 
desperation is in this place tonight. Let's stand. Thank you, Brother McGee, Freddie. Brother Freddie McGee, thank you for stirring my mind. Once again, that there needs to be a cry of desperation in the church. We may have to throw off some things. We may have to get rid of some things. But there's revival waiting on us. Come on, this altar's open. I'm through. Come on, church. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.